All right. You've been patient, you've been kind, and you've been super generous. Lots of notes in over the last year as we took some time off the air, but welcome back to Mindset Radio. So a lot of things changed, a lot of things moving forward. As we begin to settle up for the new relaunch and bring in a spectacular co-host, my dear friend Mike Brown, to join me uh, as we dissect the art and science of results. Now, Leading up to that, Mike and I have been running the 2022 Built by Brute Force Challenge, and we've brought some amazing people to the table with spectacular interviews, sharing their wisdom and their insights on how to improve performance, how to deal with a variety of aspects, and really setting yourself up for a spectacular 2022. So we're going to be sharing those interviews here out on Mindset Radio, uh, all those bonus episodes as we start to lay the groundwork, get back on the air, get back on track, and get back moving. So thanks for hanging in there. Or if you're listening new, make sure you download, subscribe, stick around because the new episodes will be airing soon. Beautiful. All right. So what's up, Brew Crew? Hey, we're into, uh, I think we're, I think we're week two of the challenge, right? I kind of lose my, hold on a second. There we go. Uh, I lose my place often uh, in this thing, but today uh, I wanted to bring on somebody that's super important to me, super important to Mike, a gentleman that we've known for years, uh, that we've both worked with individually, uh, and who truly is, at least in my humble opinion, uh, probably one of the world's leading hypnotherapists. He will shy, probably shy away from that, but uh, <laughs> truly... Uh, just masterful in his craft and masterful in his delivery, masterful in his insight, wisdom is crazy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Elliot Rowe, uh, I kind of, I've, I've tried to pump you up here in the group ahead of yeah. time, Elliot, you know. And, Thank you so uh, much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, well, you've, and, and you've, you've worked with such a diverse crew, right? Yeah. So from athletes to MMA fighters to poker pros, you know, you've, you've had a chance to work kind of across the board. And, you know, within this challenge, we wanted to do something very specific that brought kind of the whole human to bear, not just the workout. Um, yep. And, you know, mindfulness is a big part of our success in any way, shape, form, or capacity. So just want to spend a few minutes with you here. Just kind of, you know, extract some wisdom out of you for the for the audience. We'll give them a chance as they start to kind of come in, ask any questions um, that they may have. So we can do a little AMA at the end of it. But, you know, why don't you just kind of give me, give, give everybody a little bit of you. I mean, I know you're not feeling great. And, and <laughs> so, uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, so apologies, everyone, for the cold. Uh, yeah, everyone seems to have something these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a, a mindset and performance coach. So I help high performers in different areas of life, um, typically sort of top 50 in the world, trying to get to top 10, top 10, trying to get to number one in the world. Um, in different areas, understand self-sabotage, fear of failure, fear of success, anxiety issues that may be impeding their performance. And then the modality I use principally is hypnotherapy, as, as you mentioned, where what I'm trying to do is help the client understand where their issue is coming from in their life. So if they have an anxiety issue that's being triggered by a certain event or something in their sport or something in their business, we're looking to get the outline, the sort of the blueprint of where that came from in their life. And that could have been from their parents, from the schooling, from school bullying, um, from traumatic events that have happened. And then we reframe that with hypnosis. 
So we go back to those events. These memories come up in the hypnotherapy sessions, and then we reframe them so that they don't have the same level of emotion afterwards. And once we've changed the emotion of the memories to triggers no longer fire, and that allows them to reach their full potential when they're performing in whatever it is that they do. Yeah, I mean, and so I'm just going to speak into a little bit. I'll share a little bit of my story and my experience with you early on. Yeah. Um, just because I, you, you know me, you know, we do this on the podcast. We're hanging out there. We're, you know, we try to be vulnerable people. But, you know, I was dealing with kind of this persistent state of, you know, anger in a way, but like just that uncontrolled kind of bound emotion, feeling locked up. And, you know, in one of our first sessions, we were able to go back to, like even me as a child sitting at the table, you know, with mom, dad, sister, everybody at the, everybody there, just kind of the general tension and anger sitting around, you know, and here I am just trying to be a goofy kid, you know, and all I'm getting back from, from everyone is just like this annoyance, anger, irritation, and then be able to kind of black and white that out, reframe that, look at that. I mean, the people around me literally just instantly after that session, like could just, physically see a difference like it was like almost night and day in a lot of ways so you know understanding the, the depth and value of being able to go back and reframe and look at that stuff because you know we, we've talked about this a little bit before right we get shaped by by either traumas or residue or you know what or generational pass down of whatever it might be you know my dad's anger was not his it was his dad's and it was his dad's and it was his dad's and um you know, and, and so we end up with those things and then eating habits, health habits, fitness habits, like all of these things creep in over time. And I think one of the cool things is, and what I'd like to talk to you about is, you know, how do we take maybe what was formed for us, you know, early childhood development, early years. And when I say formed for us, you know, almost put on us or created, right? The container that we grew up in, what was the normal thing for us you know and then as we grow up i feel like often we don't we collapse our identity with that to now be like i am this way i you know i'm not healthy i'm not you know a workout person i'm not fit i'm not strong and we and we collapse this this kind of identity with ways of being you know how do we how do we begin to like pull that apart or begin to even identify some of that stuff well, I think the first thing to be aware of is you're not your issues. <clears throat> so, you know, and this is what I'll say to clients that come to me. They'll say, you know, like, I'm an angry person or I'm an anxious person. Um, and they'll label themselves in the way um, of the issue that they're dealing with. You know, or like you say, you know, I'm someone, I'm unhealthy, I'm lazy, whatever it might be. And I think the important part is helping people to understand that that's just a narrative. This is a, everything is a learned, I believe everything's a learned behavior. So if you have an anxiety over a particular situation, so you're scared of public speaking, there is something that's happened that's made you believe that public speaking is a threat mm. and something you should be wary of. And in the same way, procrastination, usually it serves a purpose. Um, you know, there are, there's this sort of the power of these labels that we give ourselves and then there's a lot of power in sort of accepting that, oh, that's just a story I've told myself. This is something that was a learned behavior. So I learned to be angry is much more accurate than I am angry, mm. or I learned to be anxious. And if something's learned, it can be unlearned. And that's a very powerful place for someone to be because you're no longer defined by it. 
it's just gonna you're gonna have to put in some work to resolve that issue and start changing it. You know, that's that's a I mean, I think that's a simple and brilliant explanation of it, right? If I sit back and go, Oh no, my patterns of, of fitness weren't mine, they were learned hmm. and accept that that's you know, that's not me as in a Jeff Bandman, that's just a learned behavior. Now I actually have a, a, a pathway, right, to, to then start the work to unwind that, unlearn that, and, and shift that behavior to something I truly want it to be, right? That's yeah. a very distinctive uh, point of control, I feel like, we can, we can look at. It just means you can start digging into it. Hmm. So if someone believes that they, they are just anxious, why would they work on it? It's innate. There's no reason for them to try and improve. Um, if you believe you learn to be anxious, then you then have a gap. You have a space to put in the effort to make the change. Hmm. I really like that. I don't know that we've, I don't know that we've hit that before on the previous podcast. Right now. <laughs> I mean, that's just sitting with me now. Just you know, in this whole like one of the things that I've been working on over the last couple of years now is, you know, growing up single mom environment you know, no dad around, um, kind of no disciplinarian around, if you will, um, grew up in a very undisciplined environment, undisciplined structure. And while in certain areas of my life, like the things I love doing, I'm super disciplined around them, super on. However, the things that, that are good for me that I don't necessarily like, right. Yeah. The discipline slips a little bit and, and that is, that's very true. That's, those are just learned behaviors. And those are, you know, almost a lack of um, attachment to the value, right? I mean, like food's a great example. Uh, I talked about this with Ruthie on Sunday as we kind of talked about nutrition and, and reframing food and how to approach uh, a different way. It was like, you know, I can remember my daughters when they were young, you know, my, uh, their mom gave them carrot sticks one day for a snack. And like yeah. this light bulb went off in my head, like carrot sticks aren't a snack, you know, potato <laughs> chips are a snack. Right. <laughs> and, and so literally it was like, I mean, I was, I don't know, 30 something. And it's like smack in the face. Wait a minute. Like that was the, that was the embedded response to that idea. Um, well, and, actually I think food's a really good one for us to mention. Here yeah. Because um, we actually do something quite interesting with our children, which is sort of trying the opposite of, like for you but um growing up it was like finish your dinner yeah so always finish everything that's on your plate you know you've got to finish your meal etc um here you can tell obviously i'm from england um in england if you go to a restaurant the portions are small and it's quite reasonable to finish your dinner if you go to a restaurant right in america the portions are ridiculous yeah and, um, we actually train sort of trying to train the children to when they're full, full to stop eating and get used to leaving food on the plate because we believe that as a long-term strategy them being able to comfortably leave food on the plate because they've eaten until they're full rather than eating because they feel that they have to eat yeah. will create a good pattern in them that they won't be feeling like overeating in these different situations where we clearly know they're going to be given too much food on their plate for a reasonable human to eat yeah no absolutely i mean i think that's you know, that's definitely the, 
you know, the thing I fall into the, I find I fall because this is how I was raised, right? I mean, mom, mom did a great job, everything she could do, but she was working, you know, 12 hours a day, busting butt, trying to, you know, pay for everything and everything else. And so, you know, so food really quickly became a more of a matter of convenience than a matter of fuel or substance or, you know, quality. I mean, it was literally like, you know, what can, what can I feed these kids right now? Right. I mean, yeah. And if that's McDonald's on the way home or that's, you know, order a pizza or that's whatever. And I find that's, that's like one of the traps I often fall into. Like I will almost create the day, not give time and attention to setting myself up, put myself in a scenario where then, Oh, I have to, like, there's no, there's nothing in the refrigerator. There's nothing to cook. I'm exhausted. Like everything, the entire world collapses around. It's like, just, you know, bring me a pizza and let me go to bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's, that's just the way we go, but that's, again, that's kind of programming, right? That's the, that's the, the, the situational um, occurrence that we find ourselves in. Oh, completely. And, um, and that's where we can start to add sort of artificial levers to that to make it easier for you. Yeah. So sort of the obvious one from what you're describing is, Hey, um, you know, I, I fill up my life so much that making healthy food is inconvenient. Perfect example of someone who should be using a food delivery service. Yeah. So you have the convenient meals that are turning up and you know they're healthy. Right. Um, so you have like a mechanical fix to a subconscious problem. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes more normal, then you work on the subconscious side to try and break that system. But there are these mechanical fixes as well, which sort of take take the choice out of it for you. It's on your doorstep, and it takes three minutes in the microwave. Right. No, I mean, and that's and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think often sometimes we, you know, we feel like this obligation that we have to go to this furthest point of extreme, fix this deeper thing. But yet we're just just like stewing in it the whole time where it's like, no, Jeff, you know, there's 500 ways you can get great, amazing quality food delivered, stacked in your fridge, and you don't have to think about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and I think what we're doing there, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we do things like that, we're actually creating the freedom and the space to now work on it, right? Because you know, kind of the guilt is out of the way or the shame almost that comes with some of that stuff sometimes. You're removing the battle. Yeah. So at the moment you're having a, you know, there's a battle there Mm. of, hey, you know, McDonald's is easier or I've got 10 minutes or pizza or whatever it might be. Um, But if it's just, hey, the healthy food's there, there's no real argument. I can put that in the microwave for five minutes. Um, Now, when you go and speak to a therapist or you're working on your own on this or you're meditating around the subject, we've removed the day-to-day guilt feelings. And it's just, okay, how can I start making space? I don't necessarily want to always have my food delivered. How can I make space in my day to eat the healthier food and make the healthier food myself? And you're doing it from that place of sort of, uh, it's just coming from a kinder place. Yeah. Rather than a place of curiosity and discovery and playfulness almost. Yeah, rather than, you know, self-flagellation. And I'm there, I ate pizza last night. This is, you know, removing all of that guilt. Hey, we can solve the problem mechanically and then we can look at the subconscious side for a longer term fix that becomes easier for you. Yeah, I mean, that makes a ton of sense, man. It makes a ton of sense. So I had them, um, 
early in the when we started the the, the challenge, uh, mm -hmm. I talked to them about you know I kind of laid out the various ways that could attack mindfulness, right? And whether that's breath work or whether that's meditation or whether that's reflection time, you know, yoga, some type of practice, right? That brings them present to the moment, starts to regulate the system, um, and you know, begins to kind of create that more balanced approach, right? As I as I'm working through trying to align mind, body, heart, you know, soul and and get there. And, you know, we've had a lot of people uh, commenting. I kind of kicked everybody in the butt today. And I'm gonna, you out there, I'm gonna start commenting on your posts. Like getting a lot of workout posts. Like, hey, I completed, you know, this thing, this much this much was my sandbag, I did it in this time. I'm like, rad, what'd you learn from it? Where's your meditation? Right, where, <laughs> where, where's the mindfulness? What'd you learn from it? What'd you see about yourself in it? Like, uh, I'm gonna start making, be forewarned, we're now getting to the place, middle of week two, I'm coming for all of you. Um, but I, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about like your views on some of the mindful practices that are out there. The the ways to do this. I mean, I think I think a lot of people that don't do it aren't used to it. You know, see it as a very foreign thing, and you know, think it's all about oh, I gotta be on a cushion or I gotta you know I gotta kind of step into all these things. Whereas it's like no, actually, mindfulness is kind of a when you set it up, almost an all-day state in a, in a quality yeah. way. So give me some thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, certainly when I introduce people to meditation, uh, a lot of people say they can't do it. So I'm bad at it because my mind keeps drifting away from my breath. So a traditional mindfulness meditation for people who don't know who might be listening is uh, you get yourself relaxed, you typically close your eyes or you'll stare into space, and then you'll focus all of your attention on your breath. And then as your mind drifts away from your breath, your job is to bring it back to your breath again. And, you know, I'll have people say, hey, I'm bad at meditating because my mind keeps drifting away. But what they're not realizing is that's actually the rep. Yes. So that's like lifting the bicep curl. That's one rep. You've done it. Your mind drifted and you brought it back to your breath. Well done. You did a rep. And as you get better at meditation, you'll actually get less reps in per session. Because yes, you're getting better and your mind doesn't drift so much, but it's actually more powerful at the beginning when you're getting all of these reps because you're struggling to control your mind than it is after, you know, the Zen monk, his mind isn't drifting away. He's not getting as many reps in his workouts. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's been really useful for a lot of people who are used to exercise. They can understand why they would be trying to increase their reps. Mm -hmm. They can start to see, actually, I'm, I'm getting a lot out of meditation because I'm bringing myself back and my mind drifts and I have to bring myself back. And as you do that, your mind becomes better at refocusing, which is what we're looking for is you to be able to refocus, bring yourself into the present moment, whatever's going on. So not just when you're sitting down quietly, but when you're in a high stress situation and you need to bring yourself back so that you can focus on what you need to do at the time. I mean, how does that sound to you, Jeff? Is it sim yeah, similar I, to your view? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of what we did, you know, especially when we do the meditation shoot right on the range where you're going from the cushion to the gun and, and in this state, you know, the way we would explain it to people in the, in the meditative process, like, you know, you're the train station and your thoughts are the trains, right? Running back and forth. And the process is really, you know, one, you're not going to knock it on a train, right? You're going to, some point you're going to be thinking about what do I need to pick up and bring home or, 
you know, oh, that was really cool. Like you're going to drift. You're going to get on a train. That train's going to take you away from the current present moment. And the rep is, and the practice is going, oh, I'm on that train. No, I'm going to hop back off. to the station again. <laughs> right. And I'm going to come back to the station and then I'll get on another train. I'll go for a little bit, you know, and then it's, and, but then, you know, I think over time, right. It's like, it's knocking the workouts out over time. What you find is sitting in that space, you're actually now more observant of just the trains going by. I'm, I'm no longer, I'm seeing that thought train kind of leave the station and I'm actively choosing. No, I don't need to be on it right now. You know, and then and then in certain forms of meditation, the value to that is if I really want to work on something, well, then maybe I do get on that train. Maybe that is a train of exploration. Maybe that is a train of value. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But but it is that, you know, it's the different ways I want to approach it. But, yeah, you're exactly right. It is. And there are a lot of reps up front. I mean, it is like, you know, it's, it's almost to put it in comparison for our audience. It's like doing, you know, it's like if we put up. Uh, you know, a million sandbag burpees out, which is like <laughs> the worst possible, you know, or the bear complex or something yeah. that's like just, you know, when you see that come up in the wad, you're just like, no, <laughs> no. but that's, but that's it, you know, and, but the more you get it, the more you, the more you understand the rhythm of it, the more you understand the pace of it, you know, the easier the movements become, the easier the flow becomes, you know, and then you're able to challenge yourself at a different level. Oh, completely. And the thing that you also said earlier, I think is important, is you don't need to be sitting on a cushion with your legs crossed. This can be, you know, when you're driving the car and you hit the traffic light. Yeah. And when you're, the advert's coming on the TV and you click mute. Yeah. And you give yourself three minutes of just trying to focus on yourself before the TV program comes back on. Um, you can do this throughout your day and it's just bringing yourself into hey, how does my body feel like now? Scanning through your body. What do my toes feel like? That's interesting. How are my fingertips? You know, what's my breath? Like bringing yourself back and bringing yourself back and just making this control something that's natural for you to be able to take in any situation. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like this week, you know, we talked about recovery points and recovery periods. Same thing I taught all the guys in the military, you know, recovery point, kind of take it when I need it, mostly 30 seconds or less. It's kind of like a rapid reset, if you will. Whereas recovery periods, you know, those are things that I like almost lock in my calendar, natural points of transition to and from work, sit in the driveway for an extra, you know, minute and a half before you enter the house, do, do your settling exercises, work your breath, you know, all of this, you know, coming from my world, right, from my background was really designed to, and, and this was what became relevant. I want to be putting myself in the condition I need to be in for this moment and the next. Right. And so that regulation, that persistent kind of state of meditation, that willingness to pause and bring myself here really then allows me to see, oh, you know, I, I can set this aside and be, you know, ready to walk into the home with whatever may, I may be, you know, coming into. And, and I think that's important as well, because obviously you've worked a lot in the services you know, over the years and creating those buffer points between hey, you know, I've been at the fire station, there's been some crazy stuff going on today. That extra five minutes in the car can make you a very different member of the family than not having that five minutes in the car resetting yourself. And I think that's true of an awful lot of occupations, especially very high stress ones. Yeah, I mean, that is that is exactly right. I mean, and it's, and it's you know, because I think the thing is, it, it starts to, 
if we're not doing the mindfulness practice, whatever that looks like, and you know, we've got a great question here talking about the difference between active meditation um, and passive meditation. And so we can maybe dig into that here in a minute, but, uh, or the thoughts around any of that, you know, but I think we, you know, it's almost, I hate, I hate the term self-sabotage. Just, I just don't, I'm not a fan of it, but we set our, we don't set ourselves up for success very well often because we're rolling from, you know, a crappy day at work into traffic, into the driveway, into the house, you know, kids are crying, spouse is exhausted or whatever might be going on. And, and we're just, it's just all rolled into one versus finding the discipline of saying, I'm going to take 30 seconds before I get out of the car, you know, communicating that with your spouse to be or yeah. your partner, whatever I'll say, Hey, my practice is I'm going to take one minute in the car before I come to this house. So I'm great for you. Um, it's important for all of us for every ounce of life. And I, and I think another part of that is, is starting to accept that that's actually part of your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the way I treat the, the exercise side. So my self-care routine is ridiculous. Um, it, it's sort of I do an awful lot of self-care because I'm dealing with a lot of stressful conversations all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually see it as part of my job to do the self-care. So the exercise, you know, I have a personal trainer here five days a week. And I consider that part of my work because without doing that exercise and having that decompression that that, that brings, I wouldn't be able to do the best for my family and my clients. And, you know, the same with things like massages or meditation yeah. time and set aside. I don't actually view it as optional. I don't see it as work at my client sessions and these are things I can add in. They're actually part of what I have to do to be able to do my job. And therefore, it's it's all sort of encompassed in the same package of this is what my day has to look like in order for me to be effective. Yeah. And that actually helped. That was a really useful reframe for me because yeah. um, it starts being an option, stops being an optional extra. And it's just no different to a client call. I've got a client call booked in or a meeting like this booked in. I'm going to show up. If I have my workouts booked in in my calendar in the same way, my meditation time, time with a coach, time with a masseuse, whatever it might be, um, I treat that in the same way. It's just something on my calendar to-do list that allows me to be effective this week, but also when I sort of pan that out over a 12-month period, how different do I look as a human after 12 months if I do the self-care versus not doing the self-care? Um, so I think that's quite an important, well, quite a useful tool for me anyway, yeah. in the way that I've been looking to solve this problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did an interview a couple of weeks ago and I was like, finally at 47 years old, the number one relationship I have in my life is with me because right? <laughs> it's like, finally, you there. <laughs> uh, fi- yeah, finally I get there, you know, it only took, well, yeah. I mean, I'm a rock, you know, 10, 400 pounds of C4 and, you know, all kinds of stuff to get me there. But but truly, I mean, I am a person who loves to, and I think the group is getting a sense of that. Like, I love to give, I love to care, I, I want to show up. It, that is, it's invigorating for me. However, if I'm not taking care of myself along the way, if I don't prioritize myself and my self care and the things I need to do, I will hit the wall and then I will just pivot off. And, and then you're not good to anyone. And I'm and that yeah, wanting and I'm to help and wanting to, yeah. you know, it, it's just not useful past that point because you just don't have the capacity. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I think for a lot of people, you know, probably more of our sort of personality type, if you start believing these things are your job, we're people who are going to do our job. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I, I just found that really powerful. Oh, I love that, man. I love that. So give me your thoughts real quick on the idea of active meditation, passive meditation. Uh, just give me your give me your straight thoughts there. Give me your. Um, I mean, in, in honesty, I'm not really fully sure of the context. Yeah. Do you mean in terms of uh, act, in yeah, terms so of what like, uh, so? So they asked like active meditation, like maybe while they're running, right? They were okay. About, like running meditation versus more of a static still meditation, like. Um, so so yeah. I believe that all we're looking for is presence in all yeah. of these things. So whether it's your, yeah, you're going for a run and you find yourself in that flow state, or for me personally, it's skiing. Mm. I know that I'm in a flow state. I'm not the best skier. <laughs> so if I'm not present, I'm falling over. If you're like, if you're like, I hope somebody's <laughs> yeah. filming this right now, you yeah. know, you're, yeah. you know, you're in it. Um, but it's one where I'll be present in the moment and that will feel like a meditation to me because yeah. I'm truly present. And then if I'm sitting on a chair looking, what I'm, I'm actually looking to try and reach that same flow state. Yeah. That's generally what I'm looking to do is just be present within me, either in an active state or as you say, a passive state, mm-hmm. but the, the mind, you know, is we're still seeking the same sensation from the mind in either of those situations. Yeah. So that's that's the way that I view it. I don't believe that one is better or worse than the other. Right. I believe it's just important to be making sure that we've got some percentage of our week living in that zone. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I also think, you know, for a long time, the whole idea around achieving flow state, you know, was based on kind of a higher state of arousal and things coming, you know, it gets you there. For me, I found over the years, and I'm not sure where you fall on this, but like, you know, I consider flow actually achieving alignment, right? Where my brain, all levels and systems, my central nervous system, like everything is actually just connected, right? They're not disrupted. I'm not fighting against one or the other, you know, negative self-talk is kind of diminished or the, you know, uh, uh, ruminating thoughts are kind of gone away. I'm able to focus. I'm able to, you know, I feel good in my body. I feel good in my mind. Like to me, that's, that's the place I try to, exist Hmm. um you know we can talk about you know flow states in terms of like maximum you know zipping down the side of a mountain or you know rounds flying at you or running into a burning building like there's some pieces there but for most of us like just being in alignment can can be an amazing space to exist oh completely and i think again it's just that presence yeah the reason yes you'll feel present if someone's shooting a gun at you but you can also feel present in your lounge yeah um the key thing is like that as you say everything interconnected mm-hmm. nothing getting in your way and getting into that really comfortable comfortable space everyone's probably felt it i'm sure very hard to describe which is why i'm struggling but that comfortable space in your mind and body where time starts to be distorted mm-hmm. and when you're noticing time distortion whether that's in a highly active thing like a firefight or literally just sitting and zenning out yeah you're I believe you're actually in the same place. I agree. I I firmly agree with that. Firmly agree with that. So I want to take a minute and talk about um, this. Oh, the app. The app. Well, because this is a, listen, this is a tool Mike and I both use, right? I mean, and I've used this for a long time. 
because uh, I like listening to your voice uh, <laughs> when I'm not interviewing you. I get a little bit of Elliot in my day. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think I harassed you on the podcast or was it on the panel uh, that you sat on in Cabo that was like, you're British, so it automatically qualified. Like you, you have the qualifications to enter into the Straight world away. of radiotherapy, right? You have to be British or Australian yeah. to, to qualify yeah. for that. Uh, but, you know, here's the, the couple things about this. You know, there are a ton of apps out there. There are a ton of things. And um, I know Michael, Mike also uses uh, Sam Harris, uh, Waking Up. Waking Up, yeah. yeah. A lot of great things. Um, the thing I do like about yours is there's there's kind of a, a couple different things I get to choose. Like even around your workout stuff, like the, the kind of five-minute prep before going into a workout, right? There's post-workout stuff. Um, you know, there's aspects around nutrition goals and, you know, crushing your workout, cardio zones. Like there's, you've got some very distinct things in there and there aren't seven or 10 hours of like, you know, constant need approach. Like, I feel like you've made, you've created a lot of the app in this uh, bite-sized space, right? That it actually works. Yeah, what we were looking to do is set people up for specific activities. Mm -hmm. So the idea is it's sort of, so we call it primed mind. Mm -hmm. So you're priming yourself to do something. Yeah. So the idea is to create a state change using hypnosis, which is it's like guided meditation, yep. to specifically focus your mind so that you can do whatever it is you're going to be doing to a higher high power efficiency. Yeah. So there's things in there like before you go public speaking, mm -hmm before you take an exam, like you say, workouts or different sports in the app. You want to play golf, you listen to it before you go. Because if you can get yourself into this space, like you say, more of that flow state, you can get everything much more natural. You can get that focus in. Typically, you'll perform better. And it's this idea of buffering yourself, a bit like I was saying, buffering after your work. Yep. So what I like my clients to do who are high performers is they have their day. Let's say it's golf. They have their day, they get to the golf course in the car park, they're listening to the golf audio, they're taking themselves out of real life, disconnecting from their wife, shouting at them about leaving the toilet seat up or whatever's happened at home, get themselves into golf mode, play their round of golf, do a second, relax, get the stress of if things have gone wrong out, go back home, go back into home. Um, so we have things that there's courses in there as well, like yep. build your confidence, relaxation, things like that as well. Um, but really a lot of it is setting yourself up. Maybe like there's a listen every day before, like, I think it's called start your day mm -hmm. to get you prepped for the day. And then there's yep. like ones for the end of the day to decompress. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's I, really, I've actually used your, your the relax now one is in my yeah. favorite ones or whatever. Right. Cause it's like four or five minutes. It's like a quick dose. You know what I mean? And it's a great state change, right? It's like just a, an opportunity to shift, recenter, reshift, you know, and, and then move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I mean, three minutes of breathing energized. I'm just looking through like my my kind of saved list here of things that uh, that I end up picking up on quite a bit. Uh, so it's really, to me, out of a lot of that are out there and I've played with, you know, at least played with most of them. Yeah. Um, it definitely is, it falls into my realm because I like short doses of, of kind of high impact, short time frame, you know, modification, shift of behavior, you know, state change, like you say, um, 
you know, that's really been the value of it for me. So, um, you know, I always dig it. I mean, it's, it's oh, thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it, dude. I'll always. Plus, you know, I mean, just it's like my I giggle. It's like my little do- daily dose of Elliot. You know, even, <laughs> even I don't get to see you or don't get to talk to you. It's just that little, it's just that little daily dose. So, all right, I'm going to give us where we're about 35 minutes. Cool. Um, looks like we've got about 79, 10 people on now. Uh, I do want to open up if we've got any other questions. Um, if you just kind of popped on here and coming in, uh, talking with Elliot Rowe, uh, mindset performance coach, like one of the best in the world. Uh, Mike and I both worked with him individually. Uh, I, I've seen the results this guy produces, not just in my world, but uh, you know, in the greater community, it's incredible. So uh, while we've got him, we're finishing up the conversation here. If you got any questions, drop them in. Uh, they'll come up. We'll ask. Uh, and then again, as always, you know, we have a lot of people that end up kind of watching this on the replay. If the questions come up, let me know, put them in the things and I'll shoot them over to Elliot uh, if we can't answer them and, and he'll, he'll, he'll absolutely, yeah, you know, kind happy of to help. Yeah, give us some feedback around it. So um, what do you, I always like to ask the kind of this question on the interview, you know, when people come in. So we're in, we're in middle of week two, right? Wednesday, week two. Um, you know, week one's great, big boost. Week two seems to be climbing, uh, you know, a little bit. And I'm watching, you know, comparing the number of posts from week one into week two. And, yeah. you know, I'm just watching the stats because I, you know, because I'm the human behavior guy, right? I'm going to watch the behavior of the group and seeing what's going on. Um, you know, if you were able to kind of sit down with any one of the people that were in this challenge um, and they said, hey, I'm in week two of this thing, I feel really good, or, Hey, maybe I'm really struggling. I mean, we've had, you know, people are getting sick. People, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy time anyway. And, and I got to tell you, man, I mean, you, you, you read through these posts. We have an amazing group of people here. Like this is so incredible. Um, You know, what would you share with them? Like about where they are today? You know, we've got six weeks to go through in its entirety. That's the length of this challenge. You know, as they're going to go through this, from your experience, from your wisdom, what do you know is going to probably come up? What do you know they might face at times and how can they prepare themselves better for maybe those moments of struggle that may show up? Um, One is utilizing visualization. So how am I going to feel at the end of this challenge? Mm. So having that as something that you bring yourself back to. So spend some time whilst things are going well. So don't wait until you're in crisis. Mm things are going well, give yourself 10 minutes and think about, okay, why am I putting the effort into this? How do I look and feel six weeks after following through this challenge, after those workouts, after that meditation, after the self-work, and what difference will I expect to see? And then create a picture and sort of be showing your subconscious, yeah, it's worth me putting in this effort because I want the result. And if you can create the picture vividly enough, your subconscious will accept the discomfort. Obviously, going through this number of workouts and things is it's not going to be easy. You know, you're going to, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Um, however, if you can give yourself a visit a, a strong why, then that becomes much easier for you. So that's one thing. Um, I believe in routines. Like I said, I'm really rigid about my personal self care routine, and with a challenge like this, building in that same routine, it's so you know exactly when you're doing the exercise. You know when you're doing your mindfulness minutes, um, because then it doesn't get away from you. You lose so many of the excuses if you plan everything on your Sunday for the next week. 
and that's something that uh, it's just like a it's such an obvious cheat code it really is that's that's, sunday setups man i mean that's it that's that's what we've been talking about sunday's first day of the week sunday's the opportunity to set yourself up for success and if you don't monday shows up world's going to kick you in the junk off you yeah Yeah. i mean you're going to get caught up with things um and then again like i said just see it as this is an option once you've said you're doing something like this don't allow it to be something that's optional. It's no different to every other obligation you have in your life. Yeah. Every other series, it's just part of your job. And that job. you can reframe it that way. It's very easy to make yourself do your job because you're doing your job anyway. Yeah. And doing your exercise is probably more fun than sitting in front of the computer or whatever it is you're doing. Seriously. So if you can make yourself do the stuff you're doing at work, you can certainly get yourself to do some things that are positive for your mindset and for your health. Yeah, I really like the idea that it's, you know, I mean, that's, that's been one of the greatest things for me is actually, it now is my job, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> thank you, universe, you know, there's <laughs> out, by the way, you've done all this other stuff. And now you're going to help run a fitness company. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so, you know, for anybody that really knows me, that's a, that's a treat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Matt, I mean, it, but it, but it is that, I mean, and, and even before this, I really had to get myself to that place because I spent, you know, a good 20, almost 30 years self-sacrifice, serving others, doing things and never made self-care a priority. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I was the last one of on my list and, and I watched that and each time. You know, that's just a freight train heading for the wall and, and, and I'm going to burn out and, and, you know, I have uh, multiple times. And so, uh, since being able to make that transition to like, oh no, this is my job is to be great for the people around me. I, I, I love that. I want that. I want to deliver that. How do I need to do that? It's part of my job. It's part of my routine. It's in my calendar. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think obviously you've gone through that sharing that like burnout is a real thing. There are people who haven't experienced it, who don't understand that it's real. It is real. Um, and if you don't put in the self-care work and you're in a high stress environment, um, you're only going to diminish your own performance for those people you believe you're helping. Um, you know, and that it, it's just there isn't a way around it. You can't skimp on looking after yourself and sort of say, hey, well, I'm being generous to everybody else. You're not really because you're guaranteeing burnout and you're going to put them under stress and pressure. Yeah. And it's, I think it's also good to reframe that, that self-sacrificing is just, yeah, you're sacrificing yourself, but then you're not going to be there to help the people. So um, it's not as generous as it feels at the time. Yeah, it actually is. It actually is not as generous as, as the idea is. I mean, that's exactly right. I love it. Uh, all right. Well, let me see here. Let me just check in uh, YouTube side. See if got anything else come in that I'm missing real quick. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, Elliot. It's, uh, oh, no problem. It's always fun. And, so. uh, and hopefully we can. Uh, I don't know if they'll let us sit on a panel again after last time. Hopefully we destroyed everybody last time. <laughs> we won the prize. I know. I know. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Elliot, I sat on. Uh, it was, uh, what was the title of the, the panel? Performance or uh, something? Mindset and performance or something. Mindset and performance something. Um, 
and Sean Wells, right, was with us? Yeah, and Sean. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and they, you know, at the end of this conference, they give out prizes for a variety of things, and uh, we won uh, best panel, yeah. uh, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? Uh, it's fantastic. All right, so... All right, I think that's I think that's about all we got today uh, from everybody else. I will I'll moderate the questions as they come in. If we've got anything distinct, I'll send it over to you. Uh, you know, and yep. I've got links to you know your Instagram. Uh, I've got a link up to the app most definitely, uh, and going to kind of continue to encourage that. You know, it's a great way. You got you only have to do ten minutes of mindfulness a day. You know, wake up with Elliot, go to sleep with Elliot. You know, is a is a very easy thing to do. Um, yeah. It's a very gentle voice, right? It's a very nice face to be, uh, but uh, uh, you know, but there are there's a lot of value in there. But your pre workout one is great, you know, I mean, kind of getting in the frame of reference for the workout. Uh, yeah, and and we always love feedback. So if yeah. you know if you haven't used the app before, you can download it for free. Anyone out there, you know, so you know, there's a load of free content in it. Yeah. So check it out and then any feedback always love to hear it um, yeah. see how people get on when they're first starting to get into this because as i say it is it is a bit of a learned behavior these things it gets easier as it goes on but it's always interesting to hear from people who haven't been doing any mindfulness or mindset work yeah. and they take that first step on the journey yeah no and it's great and and that's the great thing about kind of you in this community there's really not a lot of ego around it so you can literally kind of just you know let it rip and yeah you know, and we'll we'll take it as it comes. So, all right, uh, perfect. I mean, I think that's just a great, easy conversation. I mean, that's really just words of wisdom for the community. Uh, uh, just a little more encouragement, a little more depth of understanding, a chance to kind of seed in some of the principles, right? As we're as we're working through this challenge, um, and you know, again, kind of like I had, you know, I, my Instagram feed is set up for my daily dose of goodness, and you know, yeah. and you and uh, Doc and, and Eric, who was on earlier, and you know, just these amazing people to kind of just dose you along the day. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of like curating my Instagram feed so it's just positive, just yeah. right, right. So it's like if I'm going to spend time there, I want that time to be valuable. So you know, these are all the people that that I follow that that show up in my feed over the course of the day, uh, which which really makes sense for me and helps along the way. So yeah, fun dream. All right. Well, then uh, we'll oh, close this out, brother. Any, great any, to see you, man. Yeah, man. Great to see you. We'll see you. Yeah, to Mike and the guys for me. I will. I will. And we'll see you uh, in April, maybe? Or we... Yeah, fingers crossed. Depends, okay. depends on what the world's doing, but yeah. hopefully. Yeah, totally. If not, you know, maybe I'll just get in the car and come drive over. Yes, and, just come, and, see and come see you guys and, and hang out for a little bit. So, all right, yeah. brother. Go get well. Take care of yourself. Thanks so much for the time. No problem. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Great episode, great conversation, great interview. Make sure you subscribe, download, grab the next ones in line and get ready to get set up because Mike and I will be back on the air soon with a lot more.